0: This is Coach Kevin Furtado. Today is episode 195 with Coach Tony Ingle Sr. Tony Ingle has given hundreds of keynote speeches through the years to a wide variety of audiences that has included such clients as Nike, Mercedes, Atlanta Hawks, Metal Gold, Bill South, Pro Image, Boys and Girls Clubs, and countless others. He is also nationally known as a college basketball coach and has won two national championships. Whether he is coaching from the podium or the hardwood, he knows how to get into your heart and mind with a burning desire to achieve greatness. He has the ability to enlighten, entertain, and inspire his audiences, regardless if they are small businesses, big corporations, leadership conferences, and motivating teams or addressing large assemblies. When Coach Engel is speaking to a large audience, he has the ability to make each individual feel like he is talking specifically to them which enhances their desire to take action. Tony Engle was born with a face deformity and had five operations. He grew up in the government housing projects of Dalton, Georgia, and was so poor he had to fish his basketball shoes out of a dumpster so he could try out for the high school team. After graduating from high school, Tony received a basketball scholarship to attend college, While participating in the National JUCO Tournament, he suffered a horrific knee injury. Knowing that his playing days were numbered, he changed his dream from winning a national championship as a player to winning one as a coach. A dream was born. Tony climbed the coaching ladder that culminated as being the interim head coach at Brigham Young University after a nightmarish 0-19 campaign full of injuries and blowout losses. BYU put Coach Engle on the street. During the three years in basketball wilderness, he performed a series of jobs to provide for his wife and five children. He sold carpet, worked as a color commentator at KSL TV for the Mountain West Conference, and even did some stand-up comedy. Tony's second chance finally came at Kennesaw State University, where he orchestrated one of the best comeback stories in all sports. He coached the Owls to a 30-game winning streak and won the NCAA Division II National Championship, and it only took him 31 years. The dream was born, and he never let it die. Dreams come true. Coaches, I think you're really going to be inspired by uh, Tony Engel Sr. He's one of those guys that um, will kind of share just right from the heart and kind of give you some great advice on you know, what to do properly in your programs, how to treat your players, how to build your program the right way. So I think you're really going to get a lot out of Coach Engel. I think he's a true legend um, around the country and particularly here in Georgia where he was a a legend at Dalton State and Kennesaw State. So I think you're really going to be excited and, and learn a lot from Coach Engel. Coaches, welcome Tony Engel.
1: Good morning, Coach. Hey, can you hear me? Can you hear me,
0: Coach? How how's the audio there?
1: Yeah, yeah, I've got you on my phone. Is that okay?
0: That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, hey, this is a great honor to get uh, Coach Tony Engel here, and uh, I appreciate you joining us this morning, Coach.
1: Well, I hope you can say that after we're finished.
0: <laughs> I'm sure I will. Um, Hey, uh, actually, I just uh, just just this morning actually got off the phone. I was talking to uh, Coach uh, Hilda Hankerson, who's a coach at Westlake High School there in Atlanta. Unbelievable program. And um, I I just get so much I guess get so much knowledge and so forth and so much joy just from listening to all these great coaches. And I know you're going to really provide
1: us with some great uh, inspiration, right? Well, I have no clue. I just know that uh, I don't know what <laughs> everybody else does. I, I know what I did. So uh, I'll be more than happy to share some things, you know?
0: Absolutely. Hey, Coach, kind of talk a little bit about, you know, I always ask, you know, every everybody that comes on, it's like how – I think what you do in your youth definitely carries over to later on in life and particularly in your – um your sports as a youth and how much that had an impact on you kind of doing what you're doing as a coach and doing what you're doing now. It had a, it had a bit, a big impact on you, didn't
1: it? Oh yes. There's, there's, there's no question about that. Uh, coach, I, my, <laughs> I owe so much to my, uh, my coaches. Um, I played, uh, you know, from football, I played some, uh, some basketball, ran some track, and those are basically the three sports. You know that I that I was involved with, but but I think most people um, get into coaching is because uh, a coach had so much influence on them, and and I know that's that's what happened to me. Is I wanted to be uh, a lot like my my high school coach had. Had tremendous influence uh, on my life. I, I don't even know where I'd be without what you know wh- what he did for me. And I think a lot of uh, people feel the same way. But I, I wasn't a, a great athlete. I I like to tell my my children. I said, you know, I'm not as good as everybody says I was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they it sort of lends a little bit like. Like you know, my daddy must have been good, you know. But but uh, I wasn't that good a player. But but the thing about coaching, a lot of people don't even realize where the word coach came from, and and coach came from you know like back, yeah, back in the back in the sixteen hundred. As uh, if memory serves, I think it was Denmark or Holland somewhere. There's a there that they. They built a little wooden box and it was to carry women and children through rough terrain and rough area hmm. and, they, and um and then if you think about it kevin the the um a coach if you if you're watching a old cowboy movie or something you're going to see them riding in a stage coach and if um, you ever go riding down the road on the interstate, you'll see a big bus go by and on the side of it, it'll say coach. Mm-hmm. And then if you're flying, uh, if we ever get back to really doing that again, <laughs> if, if, if you're flying, they say, Hey, you sitting in first class or are you sitting in coach? And a coach is a carrier is what I'm wanting to get across is a coach and is someone that can look in your heart, look in your eyes, down in your soul, and you and the coach and I always say God because you got to give him some credit is can get the best out of you, and 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 that's what a coach does. A coach is someone that can, and and it's been said that we we don't see. Uh, players the the athletes uh, the way they are or the way they really are what we do is we see them the way that we are and the way we really are i've been around a ton of negative coaches i've been around some positive coaches and i guess i i uh, I, I like to adopt this because i've had several people say the thing about tony engel is he was able to get more out of those kids than they thought that they could give more out of those players, those athletes, and I just believe that there's more in there, and I think that they, they want to, you know, they want to give give it. They want they want to be successful. Um, I philosophize a lot, Kevin, but I, I, something just hit me that this little boy came home one day and he says, he said. Uh, to some of his friends, they're all sitting outside. And, and uh, he said, you know, I don't I don't think my mom and my dad love me. And the boy said, why? My goodness. He said, I've never seen moms and dads give a boy so much in my life. He said, I know. He said, they give me everything but them. And he said, so I don't think they love me because all they want to do is just give me stuff. Hmm. And so you turn that into what coaches do is, I I don't think we give our athletes things. I like to think we give them wings and teach them how to fly. And that's what that little boy was doing. You know, he, he wanted to fly. He wanted to grow. He wanted to improve. He wanted to get better. He wanted discipline. Those, those players want discipline, need dis- discipline, and we've got to have that. They won't just teach us correct principles. And a wise man once said, teach them correct principles, but let them govern themselves. And the sad part about it is a lot of people don't know what the principles are. <laughs> right.
0: Coach, do you feel uh, – and you've had a lot of impact. And I read a great story the other day, a great article about uh, Jason Hewlett who played for you and so forth. What a great story. Can you tell us about uh, not only what he was like, but also what he's doing now and the impact? Just like you're saying, us coaches, we don't know the impact of our, what we're doing until later on.
1: Well, you, you don't. Uh, but, you know, Jason, Jason was uh, a young man that came <laughs> and played on the same uh, you know, basketball camp here at Brigham Young University. And Jason was an all state basketball player, he's a good basketball player, uh, could really shoot it. Um, as a matter of fact, I tease him all the time. I said, golly, Jason, you shoot it only when you got it. You know, <laughs> he's, every time he touched it. No, but uh, if, if one of those, <laughs> right. it, it goes back to that Rick uh, Roger Kaiser thing if it feels like leather, shoot it. That's why. That's why, <laughs> exactly. that's why. I couldn't play baseball. I kept throwing the mid up there, but but J, J, you know, Jason came to the basketball camps and, and you know was a hustler and, a, and worked hard, and played well, and and uh, and, and uh, anyway, so he came, but he he was very talented. He could do a lot of things, uh, which he's doing today. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame speaker. Uh, you know, with National Speakers Association, he goes all over the world. Uh, performing and, and, but, you know, I talked to him. I wanted him on the team to to, really because it would help us uh, because of his humor his just being a great person. And and I've always felt if if you feel good, you're going to play good. And that's what Jason would bring to the team. Was he going to be the best ball player on the team? Probably not, but he's going to be a great teammate. And he would be able to help us any way he could. But now what he's done is absolutely phenomenal. From the uh, you know speaking and entertaining, and I mean he's he's had all kind of opportunities and so forth. But he's a great more than anything. He's a great husband. He's a great daddy. Great citizen, and uh, just tremendous tremendous person. But
0: but what I can what's the key is is you had a tremendous impact on him. And do you think right now? From I know you've been around, Coach. and You're probably one of those that can kind of watch. A coach, And I guess as I'm getting older, I can kind of watch a coach maybe in practice and, and maybe in one game to kind of see, all right, this guy's got it. He's really – the kids really are responding to him. Um, are coaches doing enough these days to teach the intangibles?
1: Uh, I, I, well, here's, here again, you might got the wrong guy because I just my, – my deal is I let a coach coach. I let him do his thing. I do my thing. I, I get up in the stands. I will be coaching, you know. I mean, I will be go recruiting or whatever. And these coaches sit down. They sit down beside me, and they they run their mouth and they're saying things they don't even know what they're talking about. They're just repeating what their they're, they're repeating what their high school coach said. And you know they you know you think because the way your daddy raised you, is the way everybody else is supposed to be raised sometimes. And anyway, they just get a lot of, a lot of frivolity, and I, I just never felt like it was like by tell, Oh, he needs a timeout. You know, Vitale yelling on the sideline. Well, we can't see it from a TV standpoint, but but uh, Dean Smith's been standing up for five minutes trying to get a timeout. And Vitale looks over and says, oh, you know, oh, yeah, he needs a timeout like he's telling Dean to do it. But I just don't get into that in the fact that that people want to coach another man's team. And, and And that comes from my association with Coach Wooden. You know, I ran. I was a founder and executive director of the John Nelly Wooden Awards. We did that for five years, um, you know, before I got back into coaching and and just let a man coach his team. But but yeah, I mean, I see things, but I don't say it. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> you know, it's like it's sort of like somebody raising their children. You know, it. It's, uh, that story with uh, you know a good friend of mine. Uh, you know that. Uh, uh, wrote Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, Dr. Steve Covey, you know, and, and in his book, he talks about sitting on a subway train coming down and man's got these kids and, and, and like three kids are just climbing all over people and screaming and saying things. And finally, a person leans over and says, hey, sir, can you, can you calm your kids down for a little bit? And he says, I'm sorry. I just found out my wife died. And wow, <laughs> that'll change your paradigm and it change, right. change your way of thinking and and so uh, I see coaches and I think but I, I don't know I, I, I get you, you know you struck a little nerve there that most people don't don't find with me, but I don't coach another man's team. I do see things that I do different, and I try to respect them for what that they do different but sometimes i'm saying you know it's going to take them a while to get that figure out and i don't just run over there and say hey look this is very rarely do i do that but i i, I sometimes i will say hey look can can i just offer a suggestion to you something you might want to think about and i'll share it with them um but i'm, I'm not anyway i don't want to be the dead horse here but but I don't know if I answered your question or not, but yeah, I do see here. Here's what I can say. When I was out of coaching for three years, I went to Kennesaw state as head coach and I kept hearing people say, well, kids aren't like they used to be. Kids aren't like they used to be. Well, last I checked, every kid I know wants love. Every kid I know, wants to improve and wants to get better and wants somebody to find it's like they're wearing a sign saying, coach, please find something good in me. You know, and, 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 and things will be built on principles. That's why my philosophy, my philosophy, uh, I've got a, a, a basic overall master philosophy. Then I have philosophies of offense, philosophy of defense, philosophy of timeout philosophy, of so forth, so on, but everything's built on principles. That's why I sort of alluded to it a few minutes ago. That a lot of people don't know what principles are, and and you know my I, you know I there's my first principle to me is honesty, and I'm not going to get into all of them, but uh, the first one's honesty, and honesty is the truth, but it's also honorable. Uh, honesty comes from the word honor. And honesty is not integrity. Don't 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 get that screwed up. People get that screwed up. Honesty is like being pregnant. Either you are or you're not. And there's a lot of bull crap. See, and if you think about it, if I love honesty that much, then I can tell you right now, I despise a liar. Because why? Well, let's look at it this way on the basketball court. See, players will tell you, Coach Ingram will tell you the truth. Well, I, my daddy always said it this way if you always tell the truth, you don't have to remember anything. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> sure. But, you know, a liar will loaf. A loafer will cheat. A cheater will quit. A quitter will get defeated. I don't like that word, it starts with L. But, well, I'll say it for you lose. See, I don't, I don't right. think any – I, I, I spoke in prisons and, and, and so forth so on. I went 0-19 at BYU. I don't think you're a loser because you lose. I don't think you're a failure because you fail. But I do think you're a loser when you quit. And I do think you're a failure when you blame someone else. And, and so things should be based on principles, Kevin, is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely – I, I want to really pick your brain on your philosophies because I'm here to learn, and I want my coaches who are going to be listening to this to really kind of pick up some great principles from you. Your, your ultimate mindset is winners in the champions.
1: Why is that so important? Well, that's that's my quote, the that, that original Tony Engel quote that I'm very proud of. Winners participate while champions – celebrate that okay. that taught me when we played for the state championship in Georgia uh, we go out there it was like I mean obviously it's not the same game but it's just still playing basketball it it, it is the same game I mean we, we're still on the court we still got basket we still got team we still got referees and all that stuff but yeah we're playing for the state championship and after the state championship game the tradition back then was when you win a state, you, your team gets the trophy and runs around the court. And they hold up a trophy and all the fans share, you know. Well, I looked out and I saw, I saw the uh, camp high school, David Boyd's basketball team running around. And I go, I looked at my team and I go, we just got beat by one point. We're not losers. Right. We're not losers. That's why I said you know, loser, cause you lose. We we fought hard. We gave everything we had, but one point we get beat. So I told my team, I said, guys, come here, get that trophy, and take a lap. And the guy from Georgia High School Association at that time, he said, Hey, Coach Engel, you can't take a lap. <laughs> he goes, he, go, he goes, yeah. he goes. The champions take a lap. It ticked me off to this day. He said, the losers don't take a lap. And I said, hey, we're not losers. Don't put that on us. I said, guys, let's go. Give me a lap. And when our team ran around the court, too, guess who got the standing ovation? That's right. Because (laughs) we were down – 17 points with 233 to play, and there's no three-pointer, and we get beat by one. I could have emptied the bench down 17. I could have emptied the bench down 17 with 233 and no three-pointer. I could have emptied the bench and, and let anybody play, and everybody play. But, no, we were there to win the state championship. And I don't care if you're up 30 or down 30, you still fight and scrap to the buzzer sounds. But, anyway, I might have got off track there you bring up memories, Kevin.
0: <laughs> I know. Hey, that's what I want. I, I, um, but that's a great story, Coach, because I think today we're so result oriented, um, and that is, and, I mean, I th- this is my own personal belief, and I haven't won a state championship, and um, but I don't feel like I'm a losing coach. I, I feel like you, um, you don't lose, you learn. I think you always learn whether you win or lose. Um, And that's what I really try to stress to my team. Obviously I want to win a state championship, but I don't consider myself a loser because I haven't won a championship.
1: Yeah. That's the, and and, and that's great, but they still use that word and people do say it when you get beat.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And, 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 and that, what I'm saying is, uh, that's the beauty of coaching. That's what these kids need to know. We're going to, we're going to fail a lot more than we're going to succeed. I don't care who you are. I mean, I love Gene, Gene Durden to death at Buford. I mean, I used to speak to his teams and does some things like that, and he's got a dynasty going over there. But, yeah. my gosh, I mean, you know, it, 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 you know, he, he's a phenomenal coach, but he also teaches them things about life, you know. And, and, and as we talked before, you know, my high school coach uh, was A.C. McCullers, one of the greatest high school, you know, uh, women coaches in the, in the state of Georgia. And, uh, man, just – you know, to this day, I mean, you know, it's all about it's all about life. At the end of the day, to me, it's about life. And I'll throw this in a little bit for you. Life, my wife and I was riding down the road one time. She says, what are you thinking about just right now? Just out of the blue. And I, and I said, well, I'm thinking, you know, I'm t- thinking about life. And she laughed and I said, no, I'm thinking about L-I-F-E, life. I said, could I speak a lot and go around all over the country and so forth? And I said, trying to make this thing simple. I said, well, Virginia, but life is an acronym live in fear every day or or you can live in faith every day. It's your choice. So life is a choice. Success is a choice. Failure is a choice. So That's what we're teaching them, kids, because I think most people believe in in God and heaven and next life. And if they don't, it's just because they haven't been pushed out of an airplane yet. (laughs) Uh, But I I don't believe the good man, the good God or whoever is going to, you know, is going to ask us what our record is. Uh, How many games did you win, Uh, you know, Tony? uh, Oh, no, you, you can't come to heaven. I mean, that ain't going to happen, but he might say something like, Tony, because you lived that life, how many many people have a better chance to get into heaven or come up here and live with me, you know, who'd you bring with you kind of thing, you know, he might ask something like that. So the big picture, so you can always win. And I had this on my chalkboard over every chalkboard or greaseboard I ever had, I always had over it. Seek ye first the King of Heaven, because this this earth life is a snap of a finger. It, it, you know it, it, it snaps, it's gone, it's quick. But for eternity, that's what the big thing is. That's why I'm going to throw this one out, and the coaches are going to have a backflip when I say this. But I really, I really <laughs> believe this: life is fair. I get so tired of hearing people say well, life's not fair. Well, I say, yes, it is. And they, they, about, they go crazy. Yeah, I know. I, I don't have all the answers to the mysteries of why an airplane crashes in the ocean. I don't have all the mysteries why a guy quit basketball team middle of the season or, or you know, all the things that's going on. I don't understand that. God does. But God don't just look at it for just a snap of a finger. He looks at it from the whole eternity. We accepted our test when we came to this earth. And now we're being tried, tested, tempted Now do we choose good or evil? That's our choice. Oh, oh, here's one. Here's one. Well, I believe everything happens for a reason, coach. And I say, well, what's the reason? Oh, well, I don't know. <laughs> I say, well, the reason is so we can be better people. Anyway, anyway, got right. carried away. It was fun.
0: <laughs> Love it. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate you sharing, Coach. Um, And that's what this is all about. I mean, just trying to make coaches really kind of make coaches think a little bit about what they're doing in their program. Um, We, we need to reflect more as coaches. Hey, what do you think about what's going on now? This is a great – I mean, you know, I'm 56, and I I've never seen it. Uh, with the pandemic and now with the protests, what are we going to learn
1: from all this? Oh, there's a lot. There's a lot of things to learn. But let, 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 let's just get right, right down to it. I wrote an article in 1978 saying Russia would take over the United States by never firing a shot. What they would do, they'd do every kind of influence and thing that they, that they could do to take over and destroy the family unit. Well, I use Russia for an example because that was a hot topic back then. But see now, you'll hear people say, "You know, this, this has nothing to do with racism. This has nothing to do with with uh, politics." Is No, this got something to do with evil or good. Its bottom line is people. It's the bottom line. Matter of fact, Henry, what uh, Henry? It was um, Gerald Ford.
0: Hey, this is NBA Skills Coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today.
1: Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Jura Ford, the President of the United States, he made a comment one time. He said, if everybody take care of themselves and their family, you wouldn't have to come to Washington, D.C. And 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 I, that's right. where it's at. I I really believe that uh, there's no other success can compensate for failure in the home. I've seen my, men run huge corporations, but if you can't take care of your own family you've got problems now, I mean I'm not, I mean and and I know that's a sensitive subject because divorces are high and I've had a son that's, that's had a divorce. I've also had four that haven't. so you know I've, I've seen it, I've experienced it, I see it. but the bottom line is when we start talking about teamwork, I mean there's no way you can talk about teamwork without talking about personal responsibility and, and and people think accountability is responsibility no responsibility is you you're responsible for you you're accountable to others and they are accountable to you and then i always ask the team i say guys let me ask you a question is two better than one and they go yeah coach two's better than one i said well how you get that well you count your money coach two better than one i said what if you're counting that money because you owe it to somebody and they go oh i don't know coach And I said, well, think about it this way, two is better than one only when they work as one. So you get get them to work together. And in my opinion, uh, and I've seen way too many divorces, this is why I speak all over the country, it's what I speak about a lot of times, I see way too many divorces. I know way too many people that's committed suicide, personal friends and family members. And that's my message. Hey, when I got, when I went 0-19 at BYU as an interim coach, I stood up for principles that's correct, not people that were wrong. The The thing is, is I coached that team to the finish line. I took them all the way to the finish line, and we went 0-19. Now, nobody ever asked me but 14 out of 19 teams was against national ranked teams i had nine guys nine freshmen i had to recruit three guys off the cotton cotton Bowl. uh lavelle took them to a cotton bowl that year and Won the won the cotton Bowl. i'd take three guys off football team and we we played all those things but we gave everything we had every day did the best we could but Oh, and 19 couldn't win a game. Branded a loser, getting fired. But guess what? My dream was to win a national championship. As I, this is a true story. Now it's in my book. It's in my book. Uh, I wrote a book. And I don't mind hitting bottom. I just hate dragging. But when I was walking <laughs> out the door, I turned around and told the president, vice president, Brigham Young University, because I meant it. I knew there was a national championship in my heart. And in my soul, and in my mind, and only there would it ever die. And it was not going to die because that was my dream. And I I turned to them and I said, if you ever want to win it all, give me a call. And they looked at me. This guy's 0-19. He can't coach, you know, whatever they're thinking in their mind. But I turned around and I walked straight to the car. But I meant it. I didn't just say it. I meant right. it. And guess what? Three years out of coaching, I did color commentating, Mountain West Conference games. I did professional speaking. Uh, you know, I I, I I worked on KSL. You know, I did all, those, uh, uh, all that stuff. But the point, point being is I wasn't coaching. So I go to Kennesaw State four years later, live on CBS, NCAA Division II, Kennesaw State University, wins the national championship. Why did I say that? Not to brag, not to boast, not to that. No, I'm just making the point. The point was this. I was branded a loser. Oh, and 19, I could not win a game. I was fired. But I, I, that dream was born when I hurt my knee in Hudson, Kansas. And 31 years later, 31 years it took me that long to win my first national championship. Then it took me 11 after that because I knew how to do it. So, so you, you keep going. You keep going. And, and you just, uh, you know, keep, keep – uh, well, I'm trying to say in simple words, if the dream is big enough, the obstacles will be small enough to overcome. And Sonny Smith, Sonny Smith said it, not me. You know, yeah. but but he said that's, that's one of the greatest comebacks in sports history. A guy go 0 oh, and 19. Who in the world's going to hire a coach that went 0 and 19 at the college level? Well, be uh, Kansas State did. And now, now everybody looks at me like, wow. He's been National Coach of the Year four times. You know, he won National Championships. He's in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But I could have quit, too. I could have blamed somebody else. But I didn't. I took personal responsibility, and I kept wanting to strive to improve to get better. You don't let what you don't have interfere with what you can do. And I think getting to your point about what's going on with the society today and all those things, two men were faced with the same circumstance. One man succeeds while another man fails. Prove that the power is in the man and not the circumstance and i don't have all the answers but i learned a long time ago to overlook jealousy overlook ignorance the best i can and oh and overlook prejudice you know prejudice and, and and jealousy you know and ignorance i try my best to overlook it the best i can and just move on because I, I've seen prejudice. I, I grew up in a housing project across the street from the blacks back before integration. Blacks live on one side of the street, we on the other side, and then we get together and play sports all the time. So I just grew up not prejudiced and didn't didn't know anything about it really, till you till you learn it from other people as you as you live. But I, I don't even like the word. I don't even like I don't like racism word. I don't like prejudice word. And I just think if we all throw those words away and quit 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 talking about it. And just just go on. I mean, to me, it's, I try to make, keep it simple,
0: right? And I think it's up to us coaches to learn from this. And really, it's it, you're right. It is about treating others the right way, and so forth. Um, and uh, that's going to take some time. But I think um, you know, hopefully, we learn from this, and hopefully, we can carry this to all of our players, and so forth, and. Um, hopefully do a better job kind of teaching them the right way to play and the right way to live. Coach, what do you think you went from BYU over to Kennesaw state? What did you learn? Give us the building blocks on building a program. So I'm sure, like you said, you learned some things. Give us some building blocks for a coach like coming in right now, starting a program, give us some building blocks on putting together a program. Well,
1: um, you know, uh, number one is you got to have a philosophy, and I, I think you got to have it built on solid principles. Uh, I don't know. Can you hear me? Keep my, my phone clicked. I don't know if I'm still on. Oh, okay. I hear you, Sorry, coach. I just want to check. But yeah, you got to be honest. Like yeah. I said earlier, you know, honesty—you are, you're not. Integrity—you could say I'll be there, I'll pay some, you know, I'll pay you money back, whatever. That. But you can fool people. You can have integrity and get on the internet or something look at pornography and all that sleaze and filth, you know, or you can shortchange somebody some money, but you, everybody thinks you're in tech. No, that's so honesty is a, is a big thing to me. Organization. Time is the greatest commodity that we have. And if we don't have time, we don't, we don't have, you know, <laughs> nothing. I mean, you know, we're, we're dead and gone. Uh, but so organize your time and understand that every day, uh, coach wooden always said you know his father gave him every make every day your masterpiece and and um, you know my, my deal I, I just believe you, you 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 make those those hours count and those seconds seconds take care of the minutes minutes uh, you know the hours hours the day day so forth never um, never fight the system this is a philosophy that I use as a head coach at five different levels High school, junior college, NAIA, NCAA Division II, and NCAA Division I. And and as far as I know, I'm the only coach that's ever done that in the the same state. Uh, I I was able to be a head coach at five different levels all in the same state. Uh, And it just happened. Uh, But you never fight the system. Uh, People have a system. That doesn't mean you don't improve it. But you never fight the system, meaning, uh, which is the next one, is, is, is you always go through proper channels. If you don't like the athletic director and you're going to just jump and go to the, to the principal, no. If you don't like the head of the department, I'm sorry. But you still respect their position. They worked hard to get those positions. You might disagree with them. I'm not big on murmuring and backstabbing and backbiting. I, I you can you can uh yes so lucky asked Abraham Lincoln one time, you know a guy got mad at him, you know because he said he said you're trying you're trying to make our enemies a friend and he said, well, he said something like, yeah, to me uh <laughs> there'd be no wars if everybody was friends and and then you know, I wouldn't have no enemies if everybody's a friend, so the greatest virtue a man can have is to turn a true enemy into a true friend. And so we'll go through the proper channels is what I'm trying to communicate. And the other thing is uh, make them some money. Either make them some money or save them some money. But don't be a guy going around gripping about not having anything. If you don't have it, go find a way to get it. Make make the money. I've done tons of fundraisers. I'm sure other people have too. But uh, make them some money. And, and, and last is have fun. If you're not having fun, I don't care what you're doing. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. It's not somebody else's fault. Look for the good. Look for the fun. I have a ton of fun, you know, and, and happy. So basically, real quick, was honesty, organized, proper delegation, not under or over, proper delegation, knowing who's the right person is in the right spot at the right time. Uh, never fight the system. <clears throat> Go through proper channels. Make them some money. And have fun. That was my philosophy that I coached <coughs> at five different levels, and you know, did okay. So that, and, and then um, when I went to Cherokee High School, and and when I went to South East High School, I coached high school for nine years. But everywhere I went, I had to build an office. I even had you know we we did a lot of culture and program things that we did. I I went to Cherry Guys School. The gym was green and brown, and I told the I said, "What's your school colors?" He said, "Red and white and black." I I said, "Well, let's paint the gym red, white, and black." Yeah. And but you know, so then we we built lockers, and even the principal got excited, and he loved work with wood, and he even helped us build the lockers. He uh he said, "I got some old." Desk out there that's got some good three inch quarter birch plywood. He said. Next thing you know, he he built his lockers and and he just do a lot of things like that. I mean, we, we and uh, we get people to the game. The girls had won five state championships. <clears throat> they had. You walk in the, you walk in and over the girls' section wall uh, dressing room, it said uh, pictures of five state championships, and they won twenty three out of twenty five region championships. And the girls was, everybody going crazy about the girls. Well, I didn't want to cut the girls down. I had five sisters, no brothers. I grew up thinking a little bit different than most people. My son is a head women's coach at Cal High School and took them to the state championship. I love basketball. I love women's basketball. And I cut down the women. <laughs> but I went over there to see what the boys had done. And over over the, over the boys' side, it had a little sign that said, please, no food or drink in the gym. <laughs> so but right. I did some research and found out that the boys have been to the state state tournament three times but they didn't feel like they measured up to the girls well you do compare yourself Com- comparison is a thief to happiness or it can be the key to joy so be careful about comparing yourself and the grassland screen or another side. But anyway, we put up the three state, uh, the, the the three times they went to state tournament and a couple of sub region championships. The best they could do is what we put up, and those people in the town loved it. But I had get acquainted that way long years ago. I have banquets and preseason banquets and fundraisings and bring people in and 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 started you know building that culture. With, you know, people wearing T shirts. I think probably one of the smartest things I did is using peer pressure for. Uh, using the high school peer pressure to help me coach my team. And uh, I'll give you an example of that, is you had to make 50 foul shots. See, I, I went to principal and said, uh, how early you know school started or whatever, you know, 745, or whatever. We'd go to the at, at, at The gym was open in the morning just for the boys' basketball team from such and such to such and such. And we had all the gym, and then the girls started coming, and then they got half the gym, and we got the other half. But the bottom line is we're shooting foul shots every morning. You had to come in and make 25 foul shots before you went to homeroom, before you went to school. But we had a chart, and guess who looked at the chart? The students. And, you know, the P.E. students would come in in their P.E. classes and stuff and would look at it and say, and, and you chart and, and the players, and, and man, the players are really concentrating because they knew the people in PE is going to be looking at it and, and the other students in school going to be looking at it. So, so so they would chart, we'd keep up what the percentage of foul shot was. But I think one good thing I did is I said, if you make 50 foul shots in a row, I'll give you a hat. And man, our guys, and we hat was a special hat, baseball hat was number one on it and some Cherokee stuff. But I had 17 kids make over 50 foul shots in a row. and Boy, they started really thinking, once you teach them proper technique, the next thing is just put the time in. And and so, right. so they they check up and say, hey, can, you know, I had girls coming up grabbing a guy's arm and said, hey, with me a hat. And I had the girls in their rebounding him. I didn't care as long as, as long as they're shooting foul shots. And so, anyway, just I did. We did a Harlem Glow Charter kind of warm up. Uh, I did outrageous marketing during the game. We turned cartwheels We got publicity off of that. I wasn't, I was just thinking local. Next thing I know, I had people call me from all over the place. But yeah, we, we ran cartwheel plays <laughs> take the ball out of bounds, three guys turn the cartwheel, swing it around, back pick, and guys shoot in the corner. And then, then we ran <laughs> Dell Ellis. Dale Ellis, who played in the NBA, Marietta's a great program. They won the state and been to all kinds of stuff. And we just a little country school, tallest man I had starting 6'1". But we did a play where we had three guys fall down on the floor and started jerking and shaking like they are having a seizure. Dale Ellis bent down to pick them up. We lobbed the ball, and the guy got it and scored. And, I mean, the dang gym blew up. People came running out. The, the referees, we stole the ball and scored, too. And they 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 was yelling. The coaches running on the court. And people were coming out of the stands. And, and but but it was on the radio for two weeks. You know they radioed their game. And but you know I just did a lot of stuff. Like I had my own Tony English uh, radio show where I would have the players interview the players. I'd interview my my uh, elementary school my theater programs. Uh, we had a banquet every year for them, but. We did a lot of stuff, Uh, and in college, I did some uh, some different things. But it's always promoting, always marketing, because I I think you know, just just winning games is is great, but I think the kids miss out on some growth opportunities.
0: Yeah, I love what you're doing. I and I I, I'm really um, I love coaches who are innovative and they really try to market their program because. Ultimately, you have a product you're trying – you're trying to entertain. I mean, and you're trying to get people into the stands and so forth. You just can't do that by just winning games. Um, you have to go out and do the extra things, right? It's like you're, It's like no, what you did.
1: Exactly. And and then, two, see, I'm a, I'm a giver. I'm, I'm not a taker. And when I went to Kennesaw State, I asked them, I said, how many season tickets did y'all sell last year? And they said four. And I said, 400? And they said, no, four they were, whoa they they didn't even talk about not <laughs> taking money up at the door the 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 the, the um the athletic people don't even come to games. games just don't even take up my door and I said, no, no no that, that that's not how you promote I said that you know just trust me I said, just hang with me, so I went out I had two assistants at the time, of course, I had managers trainers, staff men have ball players there. but what we did is it, is I I had a business card and on that business card, I had a VIP pass, a VIP pass. Okay. Permit, you know, and on the back, I had a home schedule. And I'll give you an example. We're eating at a restaurant called Bahama Breeze. I said, Hey, can I talk to the owner? And the the owner came out and I said, Hey, listen, I want you to know I enjoyed this little lady that was serving us. She was so kind, blah, 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 bragged on her. I said the food was delicious, the price was rent, but the atmosphere was fantastic. I'm the head basketball coach over here at Kennesaw State University. I want to give you a couple of VIP passes, and when you it's convenient for you, either you or if you do give them to your uh, employees or whatever, here's a couple of uh, passes, and come enjoy our basketball game. And they had a home schedule on the back. Well, when they when they came to the game. They they they'd see that VIP ticket, okay. They'd take it up, and then they'd say, uh, then they'd give them. They said, "Come back at halftime," and they they give them a little coupon, a little red coupon. And guess what? They got a Coke and a, and a popcorn at halftime. And I paid for it out of the booster club. So that guy comes to the game. He wants to be more. Guess what he did? He would come back, and bring more people. We ended up having a place so packed you couldn't get in, but was also winning, and we had longest winning streak in the nation at home, and started building up, you know, some things going there. And uh, but I worked on my tires, you know, go to the dentist wherever I was at. I was giving out VIP pressure. you know, we're, we're and I said, hey, look, you yeah. can't come to the game, pick your teeth with it. I mean, shoot, just turn it to the corner there, and you'll be fine. But but i was always promoting, always marketing. And, and then say, Hey, you know, that was, and I'd be at church and I, and I said, Hey, you and your wife need a date. Said, yeah. coach. I said, listen, I'm going to pay for it. Here's what you do. I said, here's you two tickets. Here's her two, and, and, and you find somebody come with you. You, you say, I'll get us in the game and you buy us the meal afterwards. And, and so they say, no, they come, they like what they saw, which was winning. And we ended up, that's, You don't just win a national championship. Well, matter of fact, it's the only one ever been won. And in Georgia, the only NCAA Division one I mean uh, NCAA Division two team winning a national championship, you know, men's basketball, was Kansas State, and that's because the crowd and the fans helped tremendously.
0: Yeah, that I mean, those that's a great idea. I mean, I I love what you're doing. Is and I believe in the same thing. You have to go out in the community, right, to try to get people. I'm not sure if that's done enough. Um, of course, it probably costs you a lot of money, Coach. You're probably still paying the well, bill for that, I'm sure. Well, to but be, to be
1: honest with you, we, we had a ton of money. I called some personal friends of mine. I, at that time, I counted I counted 61 <laughs> people that I knew that were multimillionaires that were friends of mine. And I just, I just called each one yeah. of them. And I said and I said, Hey, I need a donation. They said, How much? I said, Whatever you want to give, but let's start at a hundred if you can. And and so we we filled <laughs> that pocket pretty fast, pretty quick, and we got going. And right. you know, I mean, but but you know, I had my own T V show for twenty something years. And then I'd have people on the show, you know. You know, I, I'd have ten shows a year, but I had Marty Blake who was a chief scout in the NBA I had, you know, I, I, I had Sean right. on there, I had uh, you know Ernie John- er- Ernie Johnson Jr. You know I've, I've had uh, Dale Murphy, I, people come in Atlanta. I you know friends of mine that live there too. I'd have them uh, because it's good to see those people. Bobby Cram was to come, you know, and 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 just different uh, people. Uh, if you're not networking, you're not working. And and uh right. Babcock, who was uh, in the NBA for thirty something years, was general manager for the Hawks for eighteen and. I go on and on. I mean, it was just a. Uh, I'd always invite socially powerful people, in 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 the uh, community. I'd invite my always invite my high school coach or my JUCO coach. Somebody had influence on me, um, you know. It's just stuff like that. But, but I was trying to supplement my income because uh, uh, coaches don't get paid much, and or I didn't. Y'all might, but. I remember when I went to BYU, they said, uh, Coach, how many years experience you guys? I said, 13. And they flipped the sheet over about two or three times. He said, well, down here at the bottom right there, that's how much you'll be making, Tony. And he said, and if you don't mind, keep it confidential. I looked at the AD, and I said, my gosh. I said, you don't have to worry about me keeping it confidential. I'm ashamed of it, too.
0: And did you, um, you went to Dalton State after Kennesaw. Tell me about your transition or was it, I think it was after, I think. And a good friend of mine, uh, Lynn West, who passed away uh, not too long ago, 2016, really spoke to me about so many stories about what you did at Dalton State and the impact you had on him. Kind of talk about, what you did at Dalton State. I don't think a lot of people realize what a great job you did That
1: Dalton Junior College was where I played basketball, and that was my alma mater. My freshman year there, we went 34-0, and had the longest winning streak in the country. We ended up 35-2. and We got to Hutch. It was double elimination. We got beat, came home. But that was my alma mater. So I went back, started the program from scratch, Um then, you know i just knew what what we need to have done and 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 uh we, we i mean we didn't have a computer we didn't have an office we didn't have uh, somebody asked me one time i said coach how's it going it's <laughs> actually i've been there for about six months and i said well it's going pretty good i said we 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 got uh three players and six basketballs <laughs> so you know but we ended up Playing our games in in the convention center we had over 2500 people you know at one game. we averaged over a thousand and something people a game just just right out the shoot and then started a booster club it raised over four hundred and something thousand dollars in, in four years and 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 um, our second year there we won the national championship but I recruited good kids you know uh, you know good players and people that could fit into my hometown and my community. You know, I was born into housing projects. Uh, I couldn't go out for uh, basketball, uh, spring basketball, when I was uh, going from the eighth grade to ninth grade because I didn't have any shoes. But uh, I, I found my shoes, uh, one in a locker when I was helping. The, I lived right beside the high school, so I was helping the, the custodians class lockers. And so I got one shoe out of a locker, and I got another shoe out of a dumpster. And I wore my freshman year at high school, I wore a 10 and a half on my right foot. And I wore a nine on my left. So, so being raised in housing <laughs> projects and, and being yeah. poor, you know, it's one of the best things that ever happened to me. And, and, and I hope all, the coaches are listening. If you don't learn anything else from this thing today, hope you will learn this, is there's absolutely nothing wrong with being poor.
0: Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I've been working hard to build an online basketball school to help players and coaches. I'd love for you to check it out at puresweatbasketball.com. Hey, coaches, this is Brad Hilligas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division One, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. And if you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.